Welcome to episode 11 of the Fortitude Live podcast. I am your host, Ian the Rhino, and in today's episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Tony Montgomery of Subject Zero Supplements. What is up, guys? That uh, was a pretty nice little jingle there coming into this episode. Now, I was recently in Tampa, Florida, and I had the chance to sit down with Tony Montgomery of Subject Zero Supplements and Powerlifter uh, himself. I believe he has hit a 2001 total as well, just like myself. And um, very, very smart guy when it comes to training, nutrition, and exercise. Um, very, very intellectual in his conversation. Some of the con- uh, concepts we discussed uh, sitting down with him, we got to talking. And honestly, there's no real way to summarize this conversation because we touched on a whole lot of things, you know, really a lot of big picture items when it comes to lifting and finding gratification and fulfillment in life and friendships and that sort of thing. And, you know, identifying people who are genuine, etc. Uh, we talked about lifting, we talked about training some, we talked about his supplement brand, uh, Subject Zero Supplements. You can find them at uh, Subject Zero Supplements on Instagram. Um, as always, this episode is brought to you by Certified Piedmontese Real Nebraska Beef. Go check them out at www.piedmontese.com. I highly recommend trying some type of cut of their beef, beef, some type of cut of their beef, if you have a chance to, if you have the funds to, Um, probably one of the best steaks you can get on the market right now. It's extremely tender, extremely flavorful, um, high protein content, very low fat content. So if you're someone that shies away from red meat, because um, for for potential calorie reasons or because you have a a predisposition to not want to eat it because of the high fat content, well, you don't have that problem with this type of of beef. So highly recommend trying them out at checkout. If you use code FORTITUDELIVE25, you will get 25% off. So I can't think of anyone who doesn't like saving money. So be sure to use that discount code at checkout and help support this podcast. Um, Without further ado, here is episode 11. We look forward to you guys enjoying this one. Um, Feel free to share it on your Instagram story. Tag myself, tag Tony. Uh, His page is at Tony Montgomery. Obviously, mine is at Ian the Rhino, at Fortitude Sports Performance. So hope you enjoy it. I want to answer your question. Yeah, yeah, no, me and Marcus did one, um, me and Marcus did one, like, I think the second one we did, he, he like, we split it up into two episodes, and so the, the first Fortitude episode is him talking to me about mm-hmm. kind of the business and things and, like, my aims for it, and, um, and then the second one I did with him, I just... I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I, I, came, I came up with a list of like 20 or 30 questions and some were like kind of practical training related and some were just completely retarded. Like if you were running for president, what would you yeah. like things be? And then we recorded the episode and then like three days later. I texted him and I was like, yo, you want to redo that? He's like, fuck yeah, I want to redo it. That was retarded. And I'm yep. like, yeah, I kind of thought it was retarded. And so we just redid it and we just bullshitted and then it like flowed organically. So much better. <laughs> so much better, man. And at least you came to that conclusion too, right? Like yeah. that's good foresight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause, cause whenever we do these things, it's like, it's all in one take basically anyways. Yeah. And so, you know, but it, it ended up turning out pretty well. <laughs> and, and I may, um, I may, 
take that episode and just release it one day as like a <laughs> bonus episode for people just to hear. Like, this is bullshit. how not to do a podcast, yeah, guys. Yeah, this is how to not do a podcast because <laughs> the last two ones we released were, were also like that where it was like me and Zach and Joey and him and we were up in North Carolina just kind of bullshitting. I actually just released it a couple of days ago. I, have to, I think it's live now today on iTunes and I have to post about it. Anyways, uh, guys, we're here with Tony Montgomery. He is a um, He's done bodybuilding. And powerlifting. I haven't done bodybuilding. Oh, okay. I've seen pictures of you posing and stuff. Right, so. right, right. That's about as far as I've got yeah. in that endeavor. <laughs> okay. okay, so you've you've done powerlifting and you've totaled yeah. 2001, correct? Yep. And then um, you've done a little bit of jiu-jitsu recently. Correct. That uh, gave you a little bit of trouble. In the yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's where fat powerlifters go to retire is jiu-jitsu, <laughs> where we try to be athletic. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> yeah, where we get burnt out of lifting heavy, <laughs> so we decide to throw bodies and ended up ends up not coming as easy as we thought it would come. Definitely, but uh, definitely pretty fun. So, um, why don't you? Uh, we're in, well, we're actually in Tampa right now. We're at a MI40 gym. Um, props to BPAC for letting us come in and train. Uh, we just did a leg session. It's Tuesday morning, and Tony was like, "Hey, come train with me at 8:30 <laughs> or 8 8:30." And I was like, "Okay, cool." I was secretly like, "Shit, I'm going to have to wake up really early." And then he was like, "All right, let's train at 10." And I was like, "Ah, oh, 10's great. I get here at like 10:30 um per my my style uh Miami time <laughs> and um show up and him and Ben are doing hamstring curls at like 200 pounds as the warm up and I'm like, "Oh, okay, we're okay, great, you know, good hypertrophy yeah. session already." Surprise, <laughs> right? Like we're going to train with Ben Pokolski today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hope you're ready for that. Yeah, you know, like screaming uh, screaming drop sets on the hack squat you know that's all good <laughs> so i think i still have blood in my quads and in my lower back right now that's like slowly leaving so maybe by the time we're done recording um i'll be back to normal and <laughs> yeah i'm predicting at least a full lower body cramp once we get out of these seats yeah. because it's not going to be pretty at all <laughs> yeah yeah so anyways um it's, it's good to see you this is actually the first time it's kind of funny whenever you connect with people online you usually have like at least five or ten conversations through the internet before you actually hang out with them in person so this is actually the first time i've hung out with tony yeah. in person now the question i have for you is am i taller or shorter than you thought i would be <laughs> <laughs> well at first i was i was trying to replay it in my mind like have i met ian before because yeah. i felt like i've met you before yeah. and then when you introduce yourself you're like oh nice to finally meet you i'm like oh, i guess i've never met this yeah. guy before but i felt like i had <laughs> yeah. and you get that a lot right the more you talk to people online you feel like you you know them mm -hmm. and you that happens a lot as you get more popular and then people come up to you and they talk to you like your best friends like yeah. how do you know so much oh the internet yeah <laughs> but no you look i mean you look the exactly like I, I thought you would okay i i'm pretty decent at judging like proportions on people yeah, yeah. and you know you're a little like uh kind of like dwarfism ish <laughs> you're, you're a lot like dan yeah where it's yeah. like body parts just don't fit and you kind of waddle <laughs> a little bit but you're a freak and it's like oh okay this is you got a lot of mass crammed yeah, on yeah. this tiny <laughs> exactly. frame. Exactly. And then you're like, wait, you weigh 240 and for a meat, you gain 20 pounds? Like, yeah. Where does that go? Right. It's like, <laughs> is there a myostatin deficiency? There has to be some type of deficiency. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I've, all I know is that I'm sitting at like 238, 240 right now. And the last time I competed in meat day, I was 255. And I don't know how that's humanly possible. Yeah. You guys are, <laughs> you and Ben, like yeah. Ben said he was 240 today. And I'm like, mm -hmm. how fuck do I weigh more than all both you guys? And you guys mm -hmm. look so much bigger than me. It's Dude. incredible. 
incredible. I don't. I think I have body dysmorphia because when I look at you guys, I think you guys look bigger than me, and I'm like, <laughs> we all have it though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, like, am I seeing something different like, yeah. when I look in the mirror versus what other people are seeing? Because people tell me I look really big, and then I look in the mirror, and then I don't. I feel like I don't look <laughs> as yeah. big as people. Oh tell man, me all like, like I'll go to the grocery store, and anybody over 200 pounds, I'm like, damn, that guy is fucking huge. Yeah. Like, I need to go. I need to get some more groceries because I feel small compared to everyone. Yeah. yeah. And then they tell you how much they weigh, and they're like 30 pounds lighter than you, and you're like, what the fuck is right. going on? You know, like I need to go train or need to go eat a meal. Yeah, exactly, man. Oh. I think that's part of the uh, the shtick of why we stay with lifting is the the yeah. body dysmorphia. As, as bad as it is, it also yeah. fuels us to keep going to the gym. In yeah. a very much a negative feedback loop, but in a positive manner, because yeah. at least we're doing that and not some other bullshit. True, true. Do you ever see a picture of yourself from like an odd angle? Like usually it's from like, it's not straight on. It's like from someone takes a picture and you're in it, but maybe you're facing the other way and it's like of your back and you're like, who is that person? Yeah. It's like you don't <laughs> recognize yourself from that angle and maybe you look really big and you're like, who is that huge person? And you're like, that's you. And you're like, that's not me. Yeah. All the time, man. All the time. And it's like, God damn, that's a good angle. Like yeah. now I know why these girls spend so much time looking yeah. for that right angle because every time I, I take a picture for social media or anything mm -hmm. they're like oh you want how, how does that look i'm like mm -hmm. fuck how it looks just like yeah. one picture like just get it done and get it over with mm -hmm. but now it's like oh man these angles really do mean <laughs> something <laughs> yeah for sure so we're we're actually in we're in tampa right now that's where this gym's at you just moved out here right yep how long ago did you move out here i moved beginning of august okay so during covid yeah, yeah. Okay. I feel like that was a pristine time to, <laughs> you know, pack up my life and try yeah, something new. For sure. Now, where'd you come from? Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, okay. I lived in Portland, Oregon, or just outside of Portland, Oregon, where wow. they were doing all the protests and, and all that fun stuff. And I can say that the media made it out to be way more than it actually was. Really? Oh, man. Of course, right? Like, yeah, well, for that's sure. what they do. But, yeah. you know, go downtown Portland and it's like beautiful and then yeah, it's like yeah, oh it's yeah. a riot and it's like you know escape from la with mm. fucking kurt russell and it's like mm. no it's nothing like that well well a lot of those um you know obviously the the country's very polarized right now so you have leftist pages and right-wing you know extreme pages and all those pages are posting like fights and riots and stuff and yeah it's probably all very isolated to certain spots Definitely. at certain time frames and i'm sure it takes place for a certain period of time and then everybody loses their motivation they all go home but they capture those moments at just the right time you know at just the right spot when all the stuff is going down and then they post the videos all day long and they make it seem like it's going on 24 7 yeah just a 24-hour loop of just bullshit and it's yeah. like you never see anything positive in this so i don't watch the news because yeah. you're never gonna have a positive outlook on on life in america and i've been you know i've been to iraq i've been to fallujah when i was in the mm -hmm. military and it's mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. we're fucking so lucky and yeah. yet we Ugh. hate America so much because of the bullshit that they post. It's like yeah. we think it's the worst thing in the world. It's like, okay, go to a third world country and get a completely yeah. different perspective on how great we have it here, yeah. you know? So it's it's always frustrating when I see that stuff because of where I've been and what I've gone mm -hmm. through. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, like we, sh we should be so much better as a, yeah. as a country, but we just have so many things pulling us away from the mm -hmm. actual like community that we could be building. Mm -hmm. And it's it's very frustrating. What, uh, so you're a Marine? 
Yes. What how what years were you in for? 2004 to 2008. Oh, so you're in during like a pretty pretty hot active time over in the Middle East then. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was right bef- it was right after the uh push through Fallujah, so mm-hmm. it wasn't as bad. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, we were still there during a pretty active time. How many did you how many deployments? Did Just you one. Do? Just one. Yep. It was the, like 6 months or 7 months, yeah, seven in months. the Marines. 7 months in the Marines. I was going to go for a second one, but I had to get shoulder surgery from oh, the okay. first one. Mm-hmm. Um only time I've ever had surgery was like in yeah. the military sure. never through lifting or anything like yeah, that no shit so whenever you whenever you left there like what what kind of motivated you to to get out you're just ready to do your own thing or yeah i just kind of wanted to do my own thing and um you know at the time i i thought you know go to school use the gi bill sure. and start to build i was a huge joe defranco fan okay. everyone should know who that is uh-huh. and i was like oh, i just wanted a gym i just wanted a warehouse gym mm-hmm. like him mm-hmm. and that was my goal mm-hmm. and i didn't really see myself being a like you know a career, a career military, military yeah. person so it's like proper progression yeah. yeah yeah but then you get out and it's like fuck man like you want to get <laughs> back in i spent the next six to eight years contemplating getting back in yeah. and and rejoining because that camaraderie is like something that you just don't ever get you, you know don't, you don't find that too many other places I, i'm i'm finding i my whole dad's side of my family is a lot of career military mm-hmm. and you know i had some experiences when i was a teenager of places where i may have involuntarily spent time <laughs> involuntarily <laughs> spent time that kind of made me not want to go into the military yep. and uh and so i never did i just kind of for me i I resolved to, okay, if I want to shoot guns and do cool shit, then I'll just make money so I can shoot guns yeah. and do cool yeah, yeah, shit on sure. my own time. And now now that I'm 30 and I'm sort of on the fence about, damn, like, did I miss out on, like, a, a experience that I should have taken when I was in my 20s and didn't have all the responsibilities that I do now? And I'm contemplating, you know, I haven't really talked to anyone about this, but I'm contemplating, you know, potentially doing reserves or something like yeah. that thinking about it if i could potentially manage it or not not like dead set on it because some of the i feel like the camaraderie and some of those people you meet in those relationships you don't forge like tight-knit bonds like that and loyal friends you know through like you forge those type of bonds and relationships through the adversities you face while you're in and you don't really commonly meet people and encounter those same type of situations in everyday life to where like 10 years down the road after that experience, you can hit that same person up and it's like, you didn't even spend 10 10 all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And and, you know, like where I'm at in my life now and just in the fitness industry, it's, it's very shallow and, um, and it's very hard to like meet people and sort of connect with people to where, you know, especially in in a type of, you know, job that we're doing where the people that we meet and we hang out with are people we're associating with from like a business standpoint, but it's also like, you're not quite at work. You're all hanging out and lifting weights and doing all this kind of shit, but there's, it's like, you're kind of working, but you're kind of not working. And so it's like, are, am I friends with these people or am I not friends with these people? It's hard to dissociate that for sure. (laughs) And and, and it's like, you can't, it it takes a little bit of intuition to kind of see who's just hanging out and who's having a good time and who's, you know, primarily there for like the business and the club and all that stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and so it's like, that's probably like kind of the, the trickiest part for me at this point and all the transitions that I've gone through recently 
and why I'm like, shit, you know, like, I wonder if I missed out on something that I felt like I could have created like some lifelong friends yeah. through, you know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because yeah. you, you do get that camaraderie, but mm. then when it's gone, there's yeah. a huge gap in sure. your life that mm. you need to fill. For sure. And that's why a lot of uh, military soldiers have mm. PTSD issues. They have yeah. suicide issues. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, the same support. Maybe. Yeah. I think a lot of that is just that gap you're trying to fill and you mm. know, yeah. you try to fill it through powerlifting. You sure. try to fill it through jujitsu like communities sure. you try to fill it through communities MMA, fighting right yeah. yeah and the the thing that is is tough which i found within the fitness industry when you're trying to grow and and be what you would call like an influencer mm-hmm. is that if you the people you may come up with if mm-hmm. they get a little bit more than you mm-hmm. and you can't provide some type of incentive for them, mm-hmm. then that friendship is no longer there. Like, mm-hmm. oh, if you can't boost my oh, views and likes, then I'm going to pretend like I don't know you. And I've seen that throughout the industry because mm-hmm. I've been friends with a lot of people who are just starting to build up their reputation. Yeah. And then once they hit something to significant levels, like, oh, well, you're not my friend because mm-hmm. you can't bring me more views. And it's like, yeah. if that's the way you want to live your life, you know, that's fine, but it's going to be a very shallow existence and i noticed Mm. that those people that that tend to go that route Mm. tend to talk shit about each other all the time they're never happy Mm. they always talk shit about the people that they're quote unquote friends with and it's like why would you want that life just for a little bit more popularity so having that background of like camaraderie and loyalty Mm. within the military Mm. it does make it easier to sift through the the weeds and find those people that will be loyal and if you don't, then it's like, it's easy to get rid of them because you don't waste your time with that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that the military has taught me is like, yeah, you know, life happens sure. in the blink of an eye. For sure. Don't waste it on people that don't bring value yeah, to yeah. your life and don't mm-hmm. bring a collaboration that's mm-hmm. worthwhile, you know, yeah. get rid of them as fast as you can. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree. You know, I think it takes a lot of maturity and a lot of discernment in today's day and age because people would argue that the sort of social media following that whole scene is almost creating quote unquote celebrities to an extent. Yeah. Like someone would argue like, because that's where all the eyes are, you know, the eyes aren't so much on TV anymore. The eyes are on the phones. And so when you see, you know, all these people with all these followers and stuff, you know, you could argue that, you know, that's, that's the equivalent of fame nowadays. You know, you could make that argument and it takes a very mature person with a lot of discernment to not let, especially if they're making money from it, to not let that go to their head and not let that change them. Because, you know, f- well, for me, for example, I'm no, you know, I'm a C-list freaking fitness person, whatever, you know, I'm 40 something thousand. At least C plus, by yeah, the right, Give I'll, yourself I'll some t- credit. A C plus. I don't know if I'm a B yet. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I'm, I'm doing business is doing good right now. And like, But I've like, people don't know this, but like from when I was like 20 to 24, I was competing really heavily in CrossFit in the Southeast U S and I was doing, I was doing a competition once or twice a month for months on end because CrossFit, you kind of stay not like semi peaked throughout the year, all the years. So you can kind of, you're used to the volume. You can kind of compete whenever you want. It's not like powerlifting where you compete once or twice a year. And I was doing back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back competitions and hitting podiums on all these local competitions to the point where, like, I was pretty well-known. And I could go in any gym in the state of Florida and people would know who I was and, like, say hey and maybe grab a picture, whatever. And then whenever I graduated from nursing school and college, I quit everything to work for a year. And I basically just left 
jumped, hopped off the map, the yeah. competition scene, the local competition scene, worked for a year, disappeared, and, you know, nobody really, like, as as quick as people know who you are, they, oh, for, yeah. they forget about you. For and, sure. In, like, a month, because there's another person that pops up, someone hits a big lift, and people completely forget about you, and then you go to living normal life, and then after that year, um, I hopped on the, the CrossFit team, and then reached even bigger heights and went to the games two years and people be like, Oh, Hey, like I yeah. remember you best friends and, again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah we're all, and then we, they want to take pictures again and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then, you know, I, I left CrossFit and I kind of hopped off the map again and then got into powerlifting and it's the same thing. So I've done it like three or four times. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that they haven't seen that little jump up into the notoriety. And then they haven't seen the sort of people forgetting about them. And like, it's a big ego killer whenever that first time it happens, when maybe you jump onto the scene, people know you, and then you get hurt and you disappear for a while. And then you have to work your way back up to like, you know, if that's your thing, if you want it, whether you're doing it intrinsically or extrinsically, and you have to work your way back up that whole process of going back and forth from like jumping into the whole you know, rat race, so to yeah. speak, and then jumping out into real life and then jumping in then jumping out. And that's a very, very humbling and experiential sort of experience that kind of teaches you how fickle the whole scene is. And it, I, for me personally, it brought a lot of, you know, the, cause I was, you know, maybe 24 when I quit and I worked for a year, um, did my night shift and I couldn't do shit when I was working night right. shift. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was, that was probably like one of the most, one of the most important experiences for me to kind of give me a level head about how fickle and fake the whole thing can be, you know, and not to take it all too seriously yeah. and to kind of try to stay a little bit more mentally grounded. Yeah. It brings a lot of clarity to mm -hmm. what you want to do, right? Cause it, it allows you to understand the dynamics of social media mm -hmm. and what it can do for you personally, mm -hmm. both negatively and positively, right? Mm -hmm. You can, yeah. you can use it and the clarity is going to allow you to grow your business mm -hmm. and you can see it as a business endeavor. Sure. But a lot of people see it as their their life, their and identity. that's their yeah, that's their yeah. identity. And then as soon as that you know identity crisis happens, yeah. of like you're no longer the person you used to be, you've now evolved into this person that you play yeah. on social media. You become an avatar of your former self, yeah. and then it becomes a constant battle of like, who am I? Am mm -hmm. I this person on yeah. social? Because I'm sure you've seen that, right? People course, yeah. act a certain way on social media, then you meet them in real life, and it's like, damn, dude, you're the completely opposite person of what I thought you were going to be. Like you're the most <laughs> absurd obnoxious person online but then i meet you in person you're like well-spoken quiet and it's like why don't you just do that all the time why don't you just be yourself right and it's this constant battle of like yeah. who am i and i think that creates a, a lot of issues you know internally and that's why a lot of these social media people have a lot of depression and they have a lot of mental issues and psychological issues it's like an identity crisis yeah, yeah yeah that they've created on their own because they're trying to reach this dopamine hit of constant mm -hmm. likes and mm -hmm. how can i reinvent myself how mm -hmm. can i build this new character mm -hmm. that people like so that people always tell me how awesome i am mm -hmm. because they don't have that valid like that validation within themselves. And I always yeah. tell people that like, if you don't like who you are, then you're going to portray something that you're not. So yeah. other people do. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like build who you are first. And you know, people can say it's cheesy, the whole self love thing. Yeah. And I think there's some, you know, 
idea of self-awareness and introspection that can really yield a lot of benefits. And it doesn't necessarily have to be all self-love, you know, to understand the, the chaos and the evil inside of you. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you can control that mm-hmm. is something that brings a lot of power and empowerment into your life, yeah. you know, and you don't have to be someone else you can be yourself and maybe that group of people that accept you and and like Mm -hmm. you is going to be smaller but at least you're you right and the rest of your life you're you because i don't think people fully understand this concept of of time and how fast it goes and when you're in the military you have Mm -hmm. 20 year old kids Mm -hmm. who are no longer around Mm -hmm. and you're like damn man like Mm -hmm. life is just so finite and it can be taken from you at any moment so Mm -hmm. why would you be anything other than yourself yeah. you know for me i've i've never just bluntly i've never been a good liar yeah and <laughs> that's so, good though that's a good characteristic <laughs> so i've never really like i've never to me like not being me or not portraying myself genuinely like i've like i am who i am and my content's very organic that i put out because i'm literally just writing what i would be saying to someone in yep. person i'm not trying to be like Everything that I put on my account is I'll stand by it because it's I, I wouldn't be able to create it because I'm I'm I can't go into character. It's authentically I, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and so I could, it it would almost it would be more work to try to come up with something like to sit there and think, hmm, what would people want to see versus right. like <laughs> what I just want to do? Right. Like I just put what I do, and thankfully I'm weird enough that like there's a certain <laughs> amount of people that are also weird that like like to see this kind of awkwardly looking midget guy. There's enough people that go to the circus, man. You're, you're always set for sure. See a midget riding bikes and doing jiu-jitsu <laughs> and powerlifting and anything. Anyway, so just to kind of change, change the direction a little bit, you know, you moved here, you moved to Tampa in the middle of a, in the middle of a pandemic and you're doing your master's, right? Correct. What is that in? It's in exercise science at okay. the University of South Florida okay. under uh, Bill Campbell's lab. Now, was your, your was your your goal with that just to kind of further your education, further your further your academic academic sort of prowess a little bit, or what? Yeah, it was it was the idea of just trying to to do more and to reach more people. Okay. And I thought maybe by getting my master's and eventually sure. my PhD, uh-huh. becoming a professor, yeah, yeah. that I would be able to teach people mm. the things that I've learned yeah. and to be able to reach more people mm-hmm. that will have an impact on the industry, right? Okay. Because you, the idea in my mind, which, mm-hmm. you know, expectations in reality, sure. two totally different things. And you, <laughs> and you realize that every time your yeah, expectations yeah. are high, <laughs> you know, it was, you know, I'm going to go to grad school and mm-hmm. everyone's going to be just like me. They want to learn. Mm-hmm. They're going to have this well-developed idea of what they've already mm-hmm. studied, what they, and, and it's not like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, Half the people don't know really anything about exercise science. Mm -hmm. The other half kind of want to be there, but they Mm kind of don't. And Hmm. it's like, maybe you're not actually going to be able to teach people Mm -hmm. the way you want to, right? Hmm. It's not like, you know, there's going to be a bunch of people who are like excited to learn. It just seems like like a passionate think tank. Yeah. That's what I was thinking in my mind is like, oh, and maybe because of COVID, right? Because we have a lot of online classes and we're not really, um, allowed to be on campus and interact so maybe that's like the disconnect right now so mm. I'm, I'm keeping an open mind to it and everything and, and just the whole dynamic of academia in general right now yeah. with covid um colleges are closing down things are getting you know what, what used to be this idea of like 
a job security is no longer there. You know, there's a lot of, um, you're mentioning that you're mentioning that yeah. you were talking to a professor who wasn't even sure if he would, it, he thought he was going to have like a career ahead of him. And now he's not even sure if he oh, has a job. And not only a professor, a well-established tenured professor that has a huge amount of respect within the exercise science field credentials and credentials out the ass. Mm -hmm. And in two years, he doesn't know if he's going to have a job just because people aren't necessarily buying the degree anymore. Right. Yeah. People aren't going to school. The enrollment rate, even before COVID was going down on a yearly basis. But now that COVID's here, people are kind of realizing like, Oh, okay, well maybe I don't need to go to school. Maybe yeah. everything can be online. So now I don't have to pay for uh, housing. Now I don't have to pay for being on campus. I don't have to pay for all this stuff. Mm. So all this money that these universities are getting that maybe they're, you know, we don't know this, but maybe yeah. the universities are living paycheck to paycheck yeah. and they're relying on these every, every semester. Steady yeah. The yeah. steady stream. And as soon as you miss one semester, yeah. then they start making these huge budget cuts. And the school that I graduated from, um, Concordia, it's been yeah. around for over a hundred years yeah. in Portland closed. No shit. They literally emailed the professors an hour before they emailed the students that this was the last semester. Mind you, we had like six weeks left of school. Yeah. And they need to go find jobs. And it's like, huh, okay, well, yeah, wow. maybe this idea of being able to teach people what you want to teach yeah. and being able to do the research you want to do is not really a, a realistic view in order of the magnitude that I thought it would be. Yeah. So then it's like, well, okay, well, how do I pivot and, and mm. shift from there? Mm. But yeah, currently enrolled in, in my master's with the idea of possibly pursuing my PhD afterwards, but also with other endeavors that will allow diversity mm -hmm. for me to choose, pick and choose what I want to do. I've never tried to put myself in a situation where I have to do it mm -hmm. or else my livelihood's yeah. done. Mm -hmm. It's always like, well, I have this on the side, then I have this on the side, mm -hmm. so then I can pursue this. Yeah. And if this doesn't work, I still have those other things that are working for me. So, yeah. you know, it gives me a lot of options, which I prefer. Yeah. Other, other things like subject zero? <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. I have a supplement company, Subject Zero, and then I also have a gym in Oregon, and then I also have a online coaching business, okay. and then uh, currently working on an online coaching university uh, where we'll be putting up a lot of content um, yeah. in a very much uh, collegiate setting type of atmosphere. That's pretty cool. Yeah, where it's like, oh, you want a degree in coaching? Mm -hmm. Well, this is the place you're going to go mm -hmm. to get all the practical knowledge mm -hmm. with some of the physiology and all the application. Cause that's, this the disconnect that I've seen in college is that, mm -hmm. you know, Oh, you have all this physiology, yeah. you know, and it's like, okay, you, you know, big words, congratulations. Nobody gives a fuck. How do you get somebody better? And they don't mm -hmm. teach you that. Yeah. So we're trying to bridge that gap of being able to teach people. This is what the science says. This is what over a decade of experience has taught us. And now let's put that all together so that you don't have to go through those same downfalls and pitfalls yeah. that a coach normally has to go through. I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've talked to someone cause I'm very, very practical. I know a decent, a pretty good amount of science. You know, I read a pretty good amount of research. I like to know the why behind things yep. when I'm learning about them, but most people, you know, Whenever I learn the why, I learn the practical side of that and what it like in order to elicit this thing that I want, this change that I want, this increase in whatever variable. 
maybe I learn the why and I learn all the science behind it. But once I learn the thing that I have to do, I forget all of that. And I just stick with that thing I have to do. And then I end up just having all these very, very practical things that I'm doing that have a lot of science behind them that like, if I want to teach somebody that I have to like go brush up on it. And I can't count how many times I've talked to people who will be very science and very theory and they'll, you know, they'll, I'll talk to them about a topic and it'll, they'll be very, very intelligent on the topic and I'll be like, okay, so like, how do I apply that? Like we're in the gym. They're just like, uh, shit. (laughs) And it's like. Well, you're very, you know, you're very smart on all this stuff, but like you need to, you know, like we're like the practical application at the end of the day, a lot of these people like it, it, and I'm, I'm personally writing a seminar myself, just something that I can, if I'm ever in an area and I have free time to kill and I want to, you know, build my business or build my brand, I can go, you know, like, I love the idea of a free seminar. Yeah. Like what more cool way to connect with people and give back? Cause nobody does anything face to face anymore these days. And I think there's like a lot of value in that. Yeah. And if I had a streamlined two hour thing that I could just go in and talk to people and tell people all this cool stuff and teach people really great practical takeaways. And maybe they get three things like all the stuff that I'm very big on are very like, large bang for your buck practical takeaways around like the basic things that provide drastic differences like yeah. sleep stress that yeah. sort of thing yeah. and and if i could go in to a gym for free and just teach people a bunch of cool stuff like that like not only are you making friends meeting people and like you get a great psychological paycheck out of it out of like people you help you know but you're also providing a lot of practical knowledge yeah. versus just like, you know, things that which is what people who have, are so busy in their lifestyle, they don't have time to care about how the upper dorsimus connects to the longitudinal <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> and, you know, and, and these nutrients and that nutrients, they need to know like the three things that are going to help them lose fat and get a little bit stronger yeah. that they're not doing that maybe fit in their lifestyle. And maybe you tell them 10 things and they can't do eight of those things, but two of those things are like, damn, that would be a really easy switch, like switcheroo for me to make in the morning. I could eat this instead of this. And then it has a very dramatic difference. And, you know, I think that's where the value lies is being able to translate a lot of this very high level knowledge that is extremely interesting. And there's a market for it for other educated professionals, but you have to be able to kind of like concentrate that into very practical sort of analogous takeaways for like the average person. Cause that's, you know, 99% of the people yeah. out there. That's such a good point, man. Like the, the big ticket items, we tend to, to start to lose some of that identity, right? We get so caught up in the minutia of like, well, how can I separate myself as a coach from everyone else? And it's mm-hmm. like, well, let me start to get super intricate with my thought process mm-hmm. and Ben love him to death. Right. <laughs> but he's all about, you know, strength curves and you know resistance profiles Mm -hmm. and biomechanics and it's like Mm -hmm. that's great you get someone in the gym who's not strong (laughs) and they're like i just really got to focus on doing it this certain way so i can feel it this way Mm -hmm. and it's like 
you're using 10 pounds, man. <laughs> and it's like, and you've only slept, you slept, what, four hours last <laughs> night? You eat like shit. It's like, we get so caught up in this minutia of like, yeah. what's optimal? Yeah. And it's like, well, you, optimal would be eight hours of sleep. Let's yeah. try that first. Or yeah. let's try to get your diet in check. Yeah. You know, let's try to get a good program where yeah. you just lift. You know, you don't think about all these other X's and O's and, you know, all these little mm -hmm. small things that at the end of the day don't really shift the curve at all. It's mm -hmm. like sleep, stress yeah. management, nutrition, proper programming. Yeah. You focus on those things and you do that for, I don't know, eight to 10 years, mm -hmm. then you can start getting on Ben's level and worrying about like these small yeah. things, you know? Most people never get to the point where they need, where that type of stuff starts to have an impact where everything else is so dialed in yeah. that they need to start analyzing that minutiae. And one of the things that whenever I do end up coming out and like, if I ever have the time to finish, you know, putting together the content that I'm working on is the idea of rate limiting and the ability to analyze and look at your own lifestyle and look at all of sort of the big ticket items and understand, you know, how to how to look at your sleep and then break that down into a lot of subcategories to see where you are being rate limited at in terms of improving that thing. Because yep. a lot of people don't like in terms of making progress, I think a lot of people don't realize that you constantly have things that are working for you and things that are working against you mm -hmm. in your lifestyle, like in any given 24 hour period if if you train the right amount so you're getting you know a mild to mild high amount of stress from that and it's not too much and it's not too little then that's stimuli that's working towards you to you know help you build muscle and maybe you're eating a decent amount of protein and decent amount of you know calories and micronutrients so that's working against you and maybe you know maybe you slept seven or eight hours and you know that's that's you know working that's not working against you that's working for you um, but like maybe you did two other things. Maybe you, you know, consumed a certain amount of alcohol yeah. or, you know, maybe you did these other couple of things, you know, trying to pinpoint the areas in your life that are easily modifiable, that are very, very rate limiting in terms of like the net, the net effect, like the net I just call, we'll just call it like the net anabolic response. You yeah. know, if you have all these catabolic things going on, if you're thinking about muscle growth or strength gain, you have all these net catabolic things going on. You have all these net anabolic things going on. Think about it being like a, like a plus five plus like integers in math, like a plus five plus a negative three equals a positive two. Yeah. And then you got to look across the board at your whole lifestyle and understand, you know, physiologically in terms of how things sort of help you progress understand where is the most easily modifiable thing that is having the largest negative impact. Let me change that. And yeah. then that's where your energy needs to be put. And it, it, cause at the end of the day, like when I look at my own process, if I'm going into another meat prep, the, the goal is to get stronger and be better than the time I was before. Otherwise, what's the purpose? If I'm going to do worse, why would I even do it? And so to do better, I have to look at my process last time. I have to duplicate that and then some. Yeah. So I have to duplicate that and then some. So I have to look at what I did last time and kind of analyze that 12 to 16 week period leading up to the competition and say, okay, where was the biggest rate limiting area during that 12 to 16 week period? Where did I lose the most ground that I could improve this time around that's going to result in me getting another 50 to 100 pounds on my total if that's even possible. 
And, and I think that's, you know, being able to break that down physiologically in terms of all those big basics and then communicate that practically is going to be something that's going to, and like teach people how to analyze that from like a physiological standpoint is going to be something that's going to like provide a hell of a lot of value for people. Definitely. Cause a lot of the negatives are are self-induced for, Mm. you know, for the most part, right? Like Mm. if somebody is sick in your family, then that's a negative stress. That's not really self-induced, but Mm. a lot of the negative stuff um, that we have is self-induced, whether that be our perception of how we look at our relationships or a perception mm-hmm. of how we look at social media or, yeah. or our bedtime routines mm-hmm. or, you know, anything like yeah. that, that's all self-induced. And the hardest thing that's going to, the hardest thing that's uh, for people to change is like their habits that they've created themselves. Mm-hmm. How can they express to themselves like, Hey, you've been doing this wrong mm-hmm. this whole time. And how do you accept that? And how do you change that? Mm-hmm. Right? Like if you're in a negative relationship, we see this all the time. Yeah. It's hard to get out of that mm-hmm. because you constantly tell yourself, I wish I could be doing better. Mm-hmm. But then you wake up every day with the same person afraid mm-hmm. to make that change because yeah. change is hard for everyone. Mm-hmm. So how do you convince those people that this change is, is necessary? And I think mm-hmm. what you're saying is by being able to put that all on a piece of paper and mm-hmm. be able to see where those pitfalls happen yeah. gives a lot of clarity to people yeah. to, to make those changes. But it is it is hard, right? Like mm-hmm. you think about it from a relationship perspective, right? Mm-hmm. If you're in a negative relationship, that's going to impact every aspect of your life in physical performance Mm -hmm. mental health but it also pays for half your rent Mm -hmm. it also you used maybe you love that person and now you don't really figure you know you just don't Mm -hmm. know how you're going to live without them Mm -hmm. so how do you make that change right how do you quit that job that you hate Mm -hmm. to pursue something that you love and that's the biggest thing and i always tell myself well like well, what, what other choice do you have? Yeah. Do you really want to live the rest of your life yeah. this way? Like you have two choices. You can either make a change or you continue down this rabbit hole of like misery and sorrow. And it's like, mm-hmm. why would you choose anything other than to be happy? Yeah. And people may say like, oh, that's very selfish of you. And it's like, well, yeah, I've read Atlas Shrugged. I'm a very selfish person. <laughs> I think I think it takes, you know, in those situations, I think it takes sort of at the end, like you got to kind of bounce around in some of those sort of more like worldly small detail. Like, you know, you mentioned the mm-hmm. rent, like, you know, all these different things, you're considering all these factors, but you sort of have to like, you know, I'll tell people like whenever I'm working with a nutrition client or something and they say, I have this issue or I, I ate too much rarely is the problem ever that they ate too much of course and 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 like that it's not just you ate too much so don't do that it's like five why asking themselves why 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 to end up you know talking about like childhood trauma or something trauma is always the key right (laughs) and and so you know when you come back to to you know making those decisions it's like you have to kind of separate yourself from the issue to kind of look at the bigger picture and say like, okay, ultimately like, let me just figure out what my overall goal is. And most people's goal is to like be happy and be fulfilled and that sort of thing. Why wouldn't it be right? Exactly. And so it's like, when you, when you look at it like that, then all the minutia of all those little things sort of tend to kind of go by the wayside and you understand that like, all of those little temporary problems, whether, you know, whether you're in the situation or not in the situation, like 
they start to seem less stressful and less important yeah. and you start to kind of get clarity on like the only direction you can go in, you know, and it, and it starts to become a little bit more simple that way. But man, I think we're getting a little bit too abstract. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So you just, you were doing jujitsu and you just, uh, you tore a lower abdominal muscle, right? Yeah. What do you know, like what muscle it was or I do not know. It's just like in that area. Yeah. In that area. Is it superficial or is it, is it, um, is it like very deep? It's, it's deep. Yeah. I think it, it was like your psoas maybe. It's hard to say. Cause yeah. it kind of, it went down into my groin as okay. well. Um, sure. and it was something I dealt with for like five months uh-huh. and then I was like, okay, after Pan Am's I'll compete and then just like rest mm. and, uh, and of course, I didn't do that. Mm. And so you it, think that muscle just accumulated so much fatigue, and then eventually, when the guy tried to pass your guard, it it went. No, it actually went like bad in the gym. But it initially, we were doing guard sweeps, uh-huh. and that's when I initially tore it. And it was kind of like maybe it's a tendinopathy thing because once I got warmed up, I didn't really feel it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like a sports hernia. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in the gym, there was an accident that happened where I thought that um, my partner was going to rack it because yeah. I said rack it. Uh-huh. He didn't rack it. Uh-huh. So I came down with the weight, and it wasn't racked. And it just like all I heard was like. <laughs> so you're squatting. No leg press. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And uh, and that just creates a lot of trust issues in and of itself. But oh, <laughs> So you he was going to rack the weight yeah, yeah. when you were leg pressing. <laughs> oh, so you weren't in control. So, oh, shit, man. Which I never do because I have control <sighs> issues. I don't like giving up control. Yeah. So, but, you know, he feels bad about it. Hopefully yeah. he doesn't listen to this because yeah. he already feels bad about it as it is. <laughs> it was an accident. He's a friend, so I don't yeah, usually yeah. train with him. Sure, so he fair, came in. Fair. And then I just heard this huge rip. And uh, I went to the hospital because I thought, okay, it's a hernia for sure. Like, Mm -hmm. I just did something Mm -hmm. bad. And it turns out it was just a lower abdominal tear, and I was just being a big (laughs) sissy about it. I was literally like, they wheelchaired me in there. I was like, oh, this better be serious because right now I feel like the most useless human being on the planet. They didn't put anything in, did they? No. No, there wasn't anything. No, there wasn't anything protruding, so they were like, okay, it's not bad. And then they did a, a CAT scan, and... It is, I mean, it is what it is, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'm just healing it right now, hoping that by the time January 1st comes around, mm-hmm. I'll be able to get back into jiu-jitsu and, and get after it because yeah. it's, it's something that I, I enjoy doing. Yeah. I think the, the mental approach to it is just uh-huh. so fascinating. Like 100%. as you go against this person who's like 150 pounds, yeah. this is your game. And oh, then yeah. you go against someone who's 250, this is a new game. Yeah. And it's just constantly evolving. It's a, it's a puzzle. Man. Oh, I love it, man. Yeah, it's a I absolutely love it love it yeah. yeah it's the most intellectually demanding sport i've ever done and you know i've done i played middle linebacker and football and that's mm-hmm. kind of a high demand intellectual because you got to call the defense and sure. stuff and mm-hmm. you know but man this is like next level because yeah. the mistakes you make even though it's very intricate it's, it's very intricate yeah. and then the mistakes you make even though you know that it's controlled you know in reality like you, you could have died yeah and it's just very much like that intensity of knowing that makes you really hone in on like, fuck, man, I got to pay so much more attention. These mistakes are magnified so much more. Mm-hmm. And I think that high level of intensity just makes it so enjoyable for yeah. me. I, I, so I started back in like June-ish when um, 
I was like, you know, that was kind of when I was transitioning work situations. And I started for You were two. like, oh, coronavirus is here. Let's go get fucking sweaty with some guys. Exactly. Let's, let's go <laughs> That's get such sweaty a good way to do dudes. it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I figured if I could expose myself to enough people and I could inoculate Herd myself, immunity. Yeah. Yeah. You're I, good, I, man. I get it out of the way. I love it. Um, but so I, 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 I started like right when they opened back. They did the whole lockdown. And like right when they opened back up in Miami was when I started and um thankfully we like they wanted to close again but all the gym owners like banded together and they're like fuck you we're not good for them man good for them and 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 so they ended up they kind of talked they kind of like they weren't able to enforce it and so they stayed open but i started and um the the gym i was going to in miami is pretty good gym there's some cyborg right yeah yeah very good savages out there yeah thankfully i've I've never had to roll with them. I've never had the, the, I've never gotten invited to. I'll just say that, which is probably a positive. <laughs> but one time he demoed a move on me and it was like a, it was, a, it was a mount sweep and he was showing how to do it on like another kind of big guy. Cause he's a big guy. He's not like a huge guy, but he's pretty big. He's like maybe five, nine, five, 10, two forty ish. And, uh, and it the was a big fucking guy, dude. That's how yeah. like messed up your view. <laughs> like, just, anybody over 200 is a big human being, True. man. He's just so fucking explosive. And his timing is absolutely impeccable. Yeah. He's the best guy in the world right now. And he, he pops his hips up. And then it's just like a bicep punch to the face, <laughs> the arm. And I, I, it was like my fifth day coming there. But he knew that I'm very desensitized, desensitized to pain. And like he had seen some guys try to choke me out, and I'm just kind of like laughing because I'm having fun. You know, yeah. like, oh, I'm getting choked out. <laughs> and he, he pops his hips up, and like he, I didn't know what to expect. He's just like talking to the, he's talking to the guys there. And he's like, you know, I came from Brazil and he's like, you guys, there's a bunch of new guys. And he's like, I came from Brazil and, and you guys, this is the funniest thing he said, he goes, you know, I didn't know you could hurt a feeling until I came to America. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, yes, that happens so often He here goes, in I didn't know you could hurt somebody's a feeling when you come to America. I know you could hurt an elbow, you could hurt a <laughs> knee, you could hurt a leg. I did not know you could hurt a feeling. He's like, when you guys go against each other, you cannot hurt a feeling. You can hurt a leg, you can hurt an elbow. Let us know. He's like, but you cannot get your feelings hurt. He's like, so when you go against the other guy, you must be very aggressive with him. Yeah, yeah. And he and he's like, uh, he's like, so I show you this move. You must be very aggressive for it to work. And he looks at all these kids, and they're kind of like flimsy kids, you know. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like buck eighty. And he's like, uh, kind of scratching his head. He's like, I can't do it to any of these guys. And then he looks over at me, and I'm kind of hanging out in there. And he's like, you, I do it on you. And I'm like, ah, shit. And so he's like, here get on me like this. And I was like, okay, I have no idea what's going on. And he's like, he's like, be kind of tense and like, hold on. And I did it. And then all of a sudden he like pops his hips up and like, I'm kind of up a little bit. And then he just like, it was like getting punched in the face. Oh, for sure. Except it was just like his bicep, like bicep elbow forearm. Just doesn't area, feel good. Like right on my head. And I flip right over. Cause like my, I wasn't, I wasn't, didn't have my base down. Even if really. you had your base, you're fucked anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it kind of like, dizzied me a little bit like i i was like like i I was like getting hit and uh and i started laughing because i was like this is i thought it was so funny like in any other like that was probably the first time i've been hit in a while yeah and in any other situation like like i just thought the irony of like being there like this is funny like i like i i gotta get used to this kind of thing you know yeah and and ever since like doing that training that sport like it makes me happy that 
it's getting more exposure yeah. and it's getting more popular because I think that there are so many it's such an ego killer, and I think a lot of people need to learn the humility that you can oh, only, yeah. that you can only learn from that, because it, it it in order to be good at it, you have to have extremely good control of your emotions. You have to know how to think under pressure, and it teaches you how to deal with like it teaches you how to deal with a physical altercation or a conflict very directly while keeping your cool and thinking through it in live action. Yeah. And like, that was why I liked it and why I, you know, the, the short amount of time I did it until I took a break and, you know, maybe October just cause I couldn't handle pushing powerlifting and that at the same time. One of the things was because I, I, I'm not like, I'm pretty personally, I feel like I'm pretty good at controlling my emotions in a, in a situation like that. And so, you know, I would go against guys who I would, you know, maybe I would take them down or maybe they would take me down or the second you start really putting effort into someone yeah. or like really kind of giving someone a hard time, it's really easy for them to get pissed off. Oh, yeah. And they get pissed and then they start to kind of tire themselves out. And you can see when you can f not just see, you can feel when someone gets pissed off. Because their movements start to get a little bit more violent. They get a little bit more tense. They're not as loose. They get a little bit more aggressive. And so I could kind of tell when guys would start to kind of amp up a little bit. And, like, you got to be careful with some of those newer guys that don't know how to kind of control it. Because, like, you know, even if you're a white belt, I feel like like I was just a white belt with, like, a stripe or two. And even a white belt who's, like, pretty strong or pretty aggressive, they get too kind of worked up, like – they do a funny move. They don't know what you're doing. It kind of, kind of put you in danger, you know, sure. in terms of like your knee or your arm or your hip, you know, like even a, a you know, a white belt getting you an arm bar, you're still in an arm bar. Right, you right. Know? And so, um, I think it, it really teaches people how to kind of keep their cool and control their emotions when they're being like extremely provoked not yeah. to. And, and that is something that people need nowadays. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, emotional detachment is such yeah. a huge, uh, it's such a huge endeavor to, to take on because we're always taught to embrace our emotions. And I think you should, right. You should be able to embrace them, but you mm. should also understand how you can control them and how you interact with them. Right. Mm. Like anger is such a emotion that I, I hate to have. So whenever I do get angry, mm -hmm. I get upset with myself that I let anger take over. Yeah. So it's something that I'm constantly trying to work on yeah. where other people get angry and they don't really think about like, what well, you know, why did I get angry? Is that acceptable to be angry? Yeah. You know, did I, should I have said those things that I've said while I was angry? And it's yeah. like, if you do that yeah. and you never really ask those questions, you're going to yeah. continue to make those mistakes over yeah. and over. And that's something that we learn in the battlefield. That's something that you, you can learn just yeah. over time. Being able to emotionally detach from a situation is going to allow you to have a lot more clarity with what your next move is going to be mm -hmm. right you think about it in terms of if you're in a firefight and you're just like on the radio like oh my god we're getting shot at from everywhere i don't know where 
Everyone on the radio is going to be like, what the fuck's going on? But you're, if you're And you're probably going to get killed anyway. Right. But if you're on the radio, I'm yeah. like, hey, we got shots fired, yeah. coming northbound, yeah. you know, 12 o'clock, uh-huh. blah, 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 and just yeah. super calm and collected. Everyone else starts to calm down. Yeah. Then you start to see the field a lot better. Yeah. Then you start to see the clarities there. And it's like, how do you continue to emotionally detach, whether you're making a business decision, yeah. whether you're in a relationship and you need to make that decision. Emotions control so much of our decision making mm-hmm. in a negative manner yeah. that we will instantly typically regret that we make a decision based off our emotions. So being able to have that detachment, jujitsu does such a good job of that because you know, you can be the most, you can be as angry as you want to be. You go against a brown belt who's like a hundred pounds less than you. You're getting fucked up regardless, man. So then it just starts (laughs) making you realize like, I can't do this shit. Like, you know, these best, the guys the best in the world, they don't, they don't do this. You know, they're just calm, cool and collected. And they're just like, boom, you're fucked. And Mm -hmm. you're like, you, mm-hmm. you know, we had seven minutes. You fucking tapped me 12 times and I'm, <laughs> I'm way stronger than yeah. you. So it's like, what's going on here? Yeah. Why are you able to do that? Why aren't you breathing heavy? Why, yeah. you know, why, what, how are you controlling all this? And yeah. it's just like, man, it's just like time, mm-hmm. effort and continue like introspection of like, how can I get better? Yeah. And I think that's what it forces you. If you're not doing things in your life that forces you to challenge, how can I get better? Mm-hmm. Then you're never going to have control over those type of things because you're never moving in that right direction that yeah. allows for control. Yeah. No. Nah, yeah. And one of the things that I really liked about it was that, and I actually, I was, I listened to a lot of some of those Jocko clips that he puts out and they're yeah, all talking Jocko. about rolling. And you know, it's not, you can't like, you can go, box or hit a heavy bag or you can do we tire you know you can do those things and i think i think they're really great and i I hit the heavy bag like a couple times a week just because i like it i think it's fun but in terms of like a live action situation you know because if you were to like spar with another guy like that's not exactly the best thing for you getting hit in the head repeatedly it's not good for yeah, your fuck brain that. yeah <laughs> like like you know ct and all that but like jujitsu is a situation where you can every time you roll it's pretty much live action it's pretty much like very similar to a real life situation yep. if you were to get into it like because a choke or a, a joint manipulation is, you know, basically pressure sensitive, if it's going to cause damage or not, you know, hopefully you're rolling with someone who's intelligent enough to obviously, you know, you're training, there's a certain amount of restraint involved, you're going 70, 80%. And so the purpose of training, you, you know, shouldn't technically get hurt. Obviously accidents happen. Well, you don't max out every day for yeah, powerlifting, exactly, right? Exactly. But it's like, it's a situation where, you know, you can you're doing that basically full speed so you're getting like the full experience multiple 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 times and so it's very very effective in teaching you how to like handle your your body and use your body and that was one of the reasons i liked it was because i was like okay i've kind of created this cool physical machine it's pretty strong it's pretty flexible pretty conditioned but like can I actually use it athletically against right. another human being? Like I wrestled in high school, but I hadn't done anything in God, 10, 15 years. And I was like, okay, let's see if I can still kind of do this. Thing. See what this body's made of. Yeah. Like yeah. I feel like I, if I've done all this shit, I don't want to be that buff guy that like ends up in a bad situation. And looks like a dumbass <laughs> because like, you know, yes. someone who's 150 pounds, like flipped upside down and leg locks him up. You yeah. Know? 
Like there's no, there's no way, you know, like if, if I'm going to look a certain way, I want to actually be able to use it in a certain way. And, you know, for sure. Effective and I'm always like that, man. Like, yeah. you know, if, if I leave my house, I don't ever wear flip flops because mm-hmm. it's like, I'm useless. If I have to get in a fight, if I have to defend mm-hmm. myself, flip flops are not the mm-hmm. answer. If I have to cross the street, right. It's mm-hmm. like, and that hurts cross street, then I'm useless. So everything I yeah. do is like, how can I be more defensive? Yeah. And that's the way I always do things like, you know, and maybe that's just the military i go to a restaurant i know where all the exits are i do these things to where i'm not in a compromised situation and it's like well smart situational awareness right right but maybe to the extreme but that's fine (laughs) (laughs) i'd rather be prepared than not so it's like man you know that's the idea right situational awareness within jujitsu teaches you to be aware of everything in life and i think that has a lot of just like powerlifting has a lot of parallels Mm. if you're dedicated to any sport Mm. and the sport's a high quality sport there should be parallels to you can draw from that to make your life better as well and i always find it very odd when people are like powerlifting ruined my life i can't Mm. do my life and powerlifting because Mm. it's like well are you gonna go to the gym anyways yeah Yeah, i'm gonna go to the gym no matter what yeah well then how can you not do that like how can it become such a negative thing in your life and then that's clearly like well your expectations and your perspective are skewed and a lot of that has to do with social media for sure but it's like Mm -hmm. These things should bring a higher quality to your life. If you're disciplined enough mm. to show up to roll mm. at 7 p.m. every night mm. and you're disciplined enough to go to the gym every single day and get yeah. your meals in, yeah. how can you not be a successful business person? How can you not be successful in life? Mm. And I think a lot of people don't draw those parallels and that mm. creates a lot of disconnect. Yep. And then that creates a lot of like, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Yeah. Maybe I'm not made to power lift. Maybe I'm going to get burnt out. Like all yeah. those issues that come about yeah. and that's just because they don't put a perspective on it that shifts things into a positive manner Mm -hmm. that they can pull from Mm -hmm. you know this idea that jocko talks about right discipline Mm -hmm. equals freedom if you have the discipline to do all these things in your life Mm -hmm. then you have freedom to think abstractly about everything and be creative it's the idea of if you have a bunch of shit in your head how can Mm -hmm. you ever be creative how can you ever have Uh, provocative thoughts Mm -hmm. you can't because you have all this shit Mm -hmm. piled up in you if you can free yourself of all that by having discipline to Mm -hmm. do that then you can pretty much reach anything that you want to reach as long as your potential increases yeah dramatically Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. yeah interesting yeah no that's really cool now we're we're coming up on an hour now but i wanted to i really wanted to chat with you a little bit about subject zero yeah because uh i have to say i'm a fan um, I appreciate it. <laughs> I've I've used some of you know, I've used some of your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't tell BSN. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like the the some of the products that I've tried, they're really great. The sleep one is freaking amazing, man. Yeah. I know you guys have gotten a lot of positive feedback on it. I never tried a nootropic until I tried your nootropic, uh, and that was great. And obviously the. The uh, the equilibrium is like very very effect all the all the ingredients I was already using a lot of those ingredients yeah. some of them I wasn't some of them I was um, you know independently so having them all in one thing is very very convenient obviously and then I know you guys just put out some new additions um, the intra and I've like looked at all the ingredients and it's all like I can look at the ingredients I'm like oh this is really great because I yeah. see all the ingredients and you guys disclose everything in the right amounts and it's like the amount that I would already be putting makes in sense it. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, man, you know, I think I, you know, and I assume that you get, you seems like you guys are getting a very good response from people. And, um, and it, I think it's because you formulated everything so well that it, it just feels good. And what I see from it is that it's, 
you you you're not trying to put out snake oil. Right. The things you're putting out are things that enhance like sort of aspects of training or your life that are very very important like increasing your focus so you can be more productive, improving your sleep which is going to have a a you know a total you know a, an effect on your whole entire life. Um, an intra workout, you know, that's very practical. You know, you're enhancing your nutrition while you're training hydration, carbohydrates, blood sugar, all that, you know, that like, that is very practical and it's effective. You're not trying to put out like some weird, like adaptogenic blah, 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 <laughs> you know, like this in, in mTOR, you know, all this stuff. Like you right. see a lot of these supplement brands come out with. So I think that's for me, that resonated very well. And it's like, you put very, well dosed you know the dosages are good the dosages are there did you how like when did this idea come up did you just yeah so it came up whenever um blackstone labs and all these other companies were getting sued for fraudulent products and i was okay. like man this is this is such a bad look on the supplement business yeah. right like why aren't there mm -hmm. companies that make ethically dosed products mm -hmm. why are there companies that don't do proprietary blends yeah and it's like, well, hate they're the worst, right? And you think about it, it's like, well, a lot of these companies get started by businessmen. Yeah. They're not started by athletes or coaches that mm. understand what people need, right? We, yep. we built the equilibrium based off of the blood work we get from all our athletes. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, all these things need to be improved constantly. Mm -hmm. Let's build something that fixes that. Yep. You know, we built the nootropic based on so many athletes have trouble sleeping because they're taking a pre-workout with mm. all these stims in it yep. and they can't go to sleep. It's mm. like, okay, sleep aid, stim free nootropic yep. this is only going to make them better athletes yeah. um being able to have someone like austin zeckman who mm. is the head formulator mm. in my corner it's like hey man this is what i want to do mm -hmm. uh what do you think and he's like here's 50 ingredients here's all the ethical dough and he just has this stuff off the top of his head yeah. he's like, goddamn rain man genius when it comes to supplements so it's like mm okay, well, this is what athletes need because we're athletes, we're coaches, so we're going to build a brand that gives back to them yeah. exactly what they need. Um, and that's just kind of how we always mm -hmm. produce our products, right? Like people always ask, you know, how do you create content? It's like, well, mm -hmm. if you listen to your athletes, they're going to give you the content to create. Mm -hmm. If they have issues, you fix those issues. Yeah. You just film it while you're fixing it. Same mm -hmm. thing with the supplements. Yeah. If you have issues and you constantly have these issues and we mm -hmm. keep seeing them come up from different athletes, mm -hmm. well, let's fix that somehow. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if... You know, obviously, I hate saying supplements are like, because most supplements you don't need if you have a good lifestyle. Sure. Mm -hmm. But if you're not going to fix your lifestyle, at mm -hmm. least we can continue to help yeah. with that. But yeah. I always promote lifestyle changes first. Course, yeah. You know, you, you can rely on adaptogens and cortisol because mm -hmm. we're working on a cortisol product now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's great. But if you still live a stressful life, yeah. that product ain't going to do shit for you. You're just yeah. wasting your money. You can't, you can never ban, like you can... You can enhance things that are already good, but if that exactly. thing, that thing, if it's so bad that like the whole, you know, it's hard to put a ladder across the Grand Canyon, you right. know, you got to kind of fill that in first. Yeah. Maybe if you had like a 10 foot gap, you were trying to get across. If something is so bad, like you can't bandaid four hours of sleep. Right. But if maybe you're at like seven or eight and maybe you're waking up, you know, a few times a night or you wake up at like 6 a.m. and you have trouble falling back asleep or, you know, if you have trouble falling asleep in the first place and 
then you, you know, take a supplement, maybe that helps you, you know, go from like seven hours to like eight and a half. Like that's a very noticeable big difference. And like, I know for myself, you know, like my sleep, I'll wake up, you know, two, three times a night when I, you know, and sleep like maybe seven, seven and a half hours. And I function optimally when I'm at like nine. And whenever I, uh, whenever I take the restoration, I maybe wake up once and I go to, I fall asleep very quickly and I'm sleeping, you know, eight and a half to nine hours. And that difference between that seven, seven and a half to that nine hour mark is huge for me. Right. And, you know, and then you, if you throw in like, you know, a meat prep and all the stuff that that entails, it's like those little things, like, you know, if I'm squatting on a Tuesday, seven hours of sleep before that squat versus nine hours of sleep before that squat. And like my getting, it it bleeds over because if I sleep seven hours and I feel kind of crappy and then I'm less productive with work and then I'm more stressed and it kind of snowballs and then I go to squat and it's like, I don't have that fifth gear and I end up, you know, performing a little bit worse than I wanted to. And then psychologically I'm a little bit fucked. Whereas like, you know, I sleep a little bit better, sleep like nine hours, then I'm very productive with work. I get all work done, so I don't even have to think about that anymore. I can go nail my squat session. The the pace of my day, you know, goes much better. And so, like, little things like that can yeah. be very important. And that's the thing, right? It's those little things that mm-hmm. the supplements bring you. You know, yeah. big picture, though, fix those things first, and then yeah. that can enhance everything else. Yeah. And sometimes you need that because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, maybe you're a hard worker mm-hmm. and your dopamine serotonin levels are off a little bit and there's nothing that you can really do to fix that Mm. other than maybe take the sleep aid that can Mm. give you you know say you have seven hours of sleep and then you have seven hours of sleep but you have like an extra hour of deep and REM sleep like Mm. all those things make a huge difference Mm. in your ability to recover reduce stress uh, and then be able to train at an optimal level and Mm. that's kind of the idea behind it and Mm. being able to put those products out there that I'm proud of Mm. um, because my reputation's on the line Austin's reputation's on the line that's what matters the most to us it's never going to yield high margins like some of these companies do where they're all they're focused on is margins i'll put together a product Mm -hmm. and i'll just be like manufacturer here you go and they'll send me back the price i don't think about like okay well how am i going to cut this price how am i it's like here's the product that we want what's the price going to be fuck it's that expensive okay i guess we're not going to make any money on this product you know <laughs> but that's fine because it's a product yeah. that we want to yeah. have out there yeah. and i feel you on that you know you'll see some of these companies black friday sell 50 percent off it's like fuck you know they're still making a profit and they're doing 50 percent off yeah. it's like god damn how are these guys like what are they making their stuff with it's because that bid is full of 99 percent maltodextrin and one percent the actual product yeah. of it that they're advertising and it's masked in these words called proprietary right and it's so (laughs) fucked up man so we just try to be as transparent as possible and we'll always do that and we always try to find the science to back up our dosages and Mm. we try to find as much science as we can on actual human um, research Mm. subjects instead of in vitro or rats or anything like Mm. that Um, and we just try to make the best products that we can and you know that's really all we focus yeah. on. And is it ever going to be perfect? No. Is there always going to be things we can work on? Of course. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're always doing. Me and Austin talk all the time to try to figure out ways to make things better mm-hmm. um, to, to deliver that. And that's yeah. that's what we try to promise to ourselves. And that's what we try to deliver to everyone else. Yeah. And, I th- and I think, you know, in today's industry with the sort of, you know, the sort of shroud of mystery behind 
what people are putting in their products and, and then especially the dosages of their of the ingredients that they claim are supposed to be giving the response that they're advertising. I think there's a market for people looking for effectively dosed things. Yeah. Like if you're gonna advertise this thing that has this an effect, you know, most supplements out there, like I don't I never like most of the time I don't ever really take that many because most of them just don't work. Right. But but you know, the ones that I've used of yours, like I can see how much of what ingredient is in it of the things that I would potentially take, you know, the things that I do use. And it's like the dose is in there of what I wanted, you know, to be taking it. Like if I want to take bergamot to, you know, beneficially affect my blood, you know, my cholesterol levels, like I can see there's 300 milligrams in there and that's how many milligrams I was taking. You know, that's like the dosage for that thing. You know, the, the, um, Oh, what, what is it? The, the, um, the Tudka yeah. is in there at, you know, 300 milligrams, you know, that's like, that's what the dose is for that, you know? Yeah. And it's the same across the board with all of them. Right. It's not like, Oh, 25 milligrams. Yeah, you know? like, it's how like, the fuck do they come up with that number? You know? <laughs> yeah. Like it's all the common dosage. Well, that's what happens is a lot of companies will be like, okay, well this name of an ingredient is really popular right now. Let's put it on the label. Yeah. And then you look at the dose. You're like, the fuck was this, is this for an yeah. uh, infant child? Like trace amounts present. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, being in the supplement industry, you realize too, like manufacturer is really important as well mm-hmm. because you may tell them these are the products that I want. The manufacturer may not give you exactly what you tell them. And uh, to me, that was very eye opening. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So the, the FDA comes in and checks all the manufacturers. Yeah. And if there's any type of discrepancies or issues, the manufacturers get warnings, yeah, sure. you know, and there's companies that put shit in there. Like the Blackstone Labs was one of the companies that John Meadows was working with Mm -hmm. and they made an intra workout and come to find out the stuff that John thought was in there wasn't fucking in there. And they knew that and they were being shady about it. So it's about finding good manufacturers Mm -hmm. that you can trust and then also being able to do third party testing, which is fucking expensive. I bet it's expensive. It's $10,000 to $15,000 per supplement for the year to get it tested. It's like as a new company, you're already spending like 50 to 80 grand to start the company. Now you want me to spend another 50 to 80 to make sure my products are good. (laughs) Why, you know, why can't the fucking manufacturer just do that? So it's, it's tough. So you got to find people that you trust because if somebody does test your stuff and it doesn't come back, you're done. Your reputation's fucked and you're never going to see the light of day again. That's a huge disincentive. Oh, huge. God, to get that third party. I mean, that makes sense though. You know, right. They got to make money. Everybody's trying to make money. So I get it. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's it's one of those companies, it's one of those industries that's very shady. Yeah. Um, so we just try to do the best we can. Yeah. Uh, it's not something that I try to promote a lot in mm-hmm. sense of like, man, if people just fix their lifestyle and don't rely on supplements, mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the hardest things too. It's like, what are we going to come up with next? It's like, oh man, now we got to search for things yeah. that are actually, you know, it's like what actually works. It's like, <laughs> fuck, not a lot of things work because internal internal drive is always going to outdo external drive. So whatever you put into your body is, you know, people who like promote carnitine. It's like, well, that 99% of that shit doesn't pass through the barrier. Yeah. So you're not doing any of that. Yeah, it's yeah. like, 
you know, so it's always trying to be as ethical as possible and find things that actually work. Yeah. And you, that makes you limited on what you're able to put out there because people always ask us, what about this? What about mm-hmm. them? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to fuck with that, man. There's no yeah. research behind it. Why yeah. would we do that? It yeah. makes no sense put just because it's popular. It. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. The, 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 so you have, you have a nootropic, which is stim free focus and cognitive benef- benefits. You have a sleep aid. You have uh, like, um, like a, a, a organ health cycle support kind yeah. of product. You have the intra workout, which is like carbs and electrolytes, creatine. You have uh, a hydration, which yep. is a, like purely electrolytes. And right? coconut, uh, coconut water extract okay. and taurine. Okay. It, is there another? You have an actual pre that is pre workout stem. stem. Yeah, stem free still. Mostly focused on. Is it stem free? Yep, still okay. stem free. The augment, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. So it has uh, some focus components on it, and it has a lot of pump stuff in it. Okay, like yep. nitric oxide and that sort yep. of thing. Yep. So there's that's so like what other? I'm wondering like what what I mean. You could do a protein if you wanted, could. but it's like, eh, you know, it's so saturated. You know, that's, 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 you could do a protein. You could, do, I mean, you you have all the stuff that animals done, you know, you yeah. have like the, you could do the immunity that, you know, there's the joint, like there's some, there's some practical options that yeah. aren't so, that aren't so like, I guess, um, like snake oily. Right. Kinda, like you know. we have, we're working on a glucose disposal agent. Okay. Um, because there are some yeah. positive benefits to that and sure, helping sure. people with insulin resistance, sure. a joint supplement, yeah. uh, with some collagen in it. Mm-hmm. So there are some good benefits. Collagen, to MSM, glucosamine, yep. those sort of things. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, Boswellia as well. Yeah. So good, good research on that. And then we're also doing a cortisol hormone, mm-hmm. uh, adaptogen type product. Okay, so we're yeah, doing yeah, things yeah. to help people reduce cortisol, mm-hmm. um, and also keep, normalize themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we have like things like dim in it. That's going to help with the mm-hmm. uh, free estrogen rolling mm-hmm. around. So yep. you can kind of normalize that and get mm-hmm. a steady stream of your estrogen. Then we also have things like ashwagandha in it. Um, yeah. you know, curcumin, all those things that will help lower stress. And I think that'll be really good. Cause, cause people whenever i talk to people whenever i work with people through fortitude a lot of them ask me they say okay you know or or when i've made posts on like shift workers and things a lot of people who are i'm not gonna necessarily say stuck but they're sort of for the near future until they can kind of shift things around in their life they have this routine and this lifestyle that isn't necessarily conducive to health with the amount of responsibilities they have, their right. job, their schedule. They're exposed to high amounts of stress and maybe a less than ideal amount of sleep. And they're like, what can I do to fix this? And I'm like, well, you can't really fix it. <laughs> Lifestyle. You, you can change your life. That's yeah. what you, you can tell your boss to fuck off and, you know. Right, right. Find a new job. <laughs> you can flip the table and walk out. And, Jerry you know, Maguire you, it. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, I think that there is enough, there's enough evidence and science to suggest that a lot of those adaptogens yeah. can you can't maybe you can't make things perfectly normal if you have all of those things going on but if you can if you have a shitty lifestyle and if you can take a pill and it can help make things not as bad yeah. then it's better than them having having them be worse right like if if you're if the normal level is 15 and you're at an 18 and if you can take a pill and you can get it to 16 or 17 yeah that's better than being 18 yeah 
do that in the meantime, it's not it's not an end all be all, right? But it, you're at least minimizing the damage. And what what else we look at too with this is the idea of like, well, you know, what happens when you buy new workout clothes? Mm. You go probably go to the gym and work out a little bit more. Yeah. If you buy this thing that's helped yeah. reduce your stress, maybe you'll start to take your Thinking stress about your, a little bit yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's kind of one of the driving yeah. factors behind yeah. it too. It's like, oh, if I'm going to spend forty something dollars to reduce my stress, sure. maybe I should actually start thinking about ways to reduce my stress yeah. as well. Like maybe it's step one and there's two or three step right. process. And what we'll do as a company is we'll put out information that helps people reduce stress. Mm -hmm. You know, so we'll give them things like through social media of like, hey, this has been shown to reduce stress. Yeah. Other than the, our product, these are some lifestyle changes. Like some tips. Exactly. In conjunction, like if they make an order, then they get an email with it giving them some life. Yeah. That's pretty smart. That's pretty cool. Well, that's awesome, man. Like We touched on a bunch of cool stuff on this episode. I don't want to keep you any longer. I know we're probably both hungry. Very hungry. <laughs> <laughs> we just trained the shit out of legs. So that was really great, man. I'm really glad to have had you on the episode. You Thank know, you. You had had me on your, your show a couple of times, and that was really fun. So it's always fun to chat. It's always very insightful. Um, where can people find you at? Yeah, definitely. So thanks uh, for having me on. I really appreciate it. I definitely respect you as a coach in this industry. You're one of the guys that puts out really good information. Thanks, so man. I feel like it's an honor to be on your show just because you're someone that I do respect within the industry. Appreciate um, it. Yeah, not a problem. So Tony Montgomery Jr. Uh, through social media, Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then we have subjectzerosups.com if you want to check out any of the supplements. Uh, teamphoenixperformance.com if you want to look at any of the coaching and also seminars that we have going on. And then here soon, the first week of January, will be Coaches Corner U, uh, which is going to be a membership site. That's going to be cool. Yeah, yeah. We're really excited about that where we're going to be teaching you guys um, everything you need to know from nutrition, psychology, and training, biomechanics, health supplements, all that stuff to become a good coach, a practical coach with the evidence behind it. And then also over decades of experience with the actual in the field, in the trenches type stuff. Well, that's awesome, man. All right, guys. Well, thank you for coming. Thank you for listening to this episode. Like, share, subscribe, post it on your stories. Um, tag me in it, tag Tony in it so we can repost. Hope you got enjoy. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Have a good day.